Hola amigos, welcome to another episode of Dedicated to the Craft, a podcast brought to you by Ballast Point. This is your virtual safe space and we know no borders. Today we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine, um, owner of a brewery down south. So we'll bring him on in a little bit. But first, let me introduce the co-host today, Mr. Richard Price, our assistant manager at Miramar. What's up, dude? What's happening, guys? Ooh, good, man. It's good to see you. Likewise. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It's been a minute since I've seen anybody, really. So it's been it's been nice that we're kind of, you know, pumping, uh, letting go of the gas a little bit, letting this slow down, and everyone's kind of coming into – we're finding a groove as far as chaos is concerned. Like, we're getting comfortable with the chaos. So yeah, that's at least nice. chaos. Controlled chaos, dude. Um, listen, I'm really happy to have you on because our guest today is was introduced to me through you. And I know you guys are good friends. And so we'll bring him on so he can give him uh, give us his story. But first off, why don't you tell everybody that's listening and or watching uh, your story, a little bit about who you are and what you do for Ballast Point. Um, I started Ballast Point about three years ago. Um, started at Little Italy Tasting Room as a busser, busting tables. Uh, cleaning up, uh, anything they wanted me to do, I was there. You tell me what you need to be done, I was there to do it. Um, slowly, I started getting more and more um, tasks added to my plate, and I excelled at every single one of them. So Ooh, luckily, yeah, I got promoted pretty quickly. Um, a little bit about my background. I was a sales rep for Kellogg's. Um, that's like Keebler, Cheez-Its, um, the snack side for Kellogg's. Oh, did, nice. that for, uh, did that for 11 years in the San Diego region. 11 years? 11 years, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of cookies. It's a lot of treats. Yep, been in every single Target, Walmart, grocery store in San Diego County. There you go. There you go, laying it out there. And what brought you into craft beer, man? Um, Like Colin will probably tell you, um, I started a little part-time. I was just like a normal person walking to a craft beer bar and found my niche. Um, I was a customer for four years and they're all, Hey man, we could use to really need some help at nighttime. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. And then <laughs> that's, that started it. It started it, uh, five years ago. And then Super I just, rad. yeah. And then I fell in love with the culture ballast point started back in the day and still going to this day. Oh dude. Yeah. That's, I love those stories. I love those origin stories where you, uh, where you did the work, man, you put it, you put in the work and look, man, we're, we're fortunate to have you. You are a workhorse and you really, uh, dude, your personality is just super cool, man. That's why you and me get along so well. Your, yeah. uh, your personality definitely is BP culture. Um, but so is this guy. So without further ado, why don't we bring in our buddy, um, owner of Cerveceria Trans Peninsular in Ensenada, Mexico, our friend Colin Corrigan. What up? <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, super good, man. It's so good to see you guys. Richard, it's always good to see you. I wish I could see you with a beer in your hand. Um, uh, I, got, I got one right here. here. Not see. I see that. I see that. I see that. But I mean, together. Cheers. Oh, virtual cheers. Cheers. Here we go. Oh, nice, dude. Nice. Mm. Ah. Hey, listen, Colin. Dude, um, you probably have one of the most positive attitudes that I've seen in general, but let alone in the industry. And I, I know that Richard was the one that kind of brought us together and we were, we were, we were brought together in the interest of doing some cross-border collaborations, which we did. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but as soon as you came into our little Italy location, that's where Richard was working um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Dude, you came in and you just like exude this, energy dude like this i don't know if it's what mexico's done to you man i don't know if it's what pb did to you but you're the ultimate chill dude you got a heart of gold and every time that you come up in conversations that i'm having man i'm just happy to say that i know you um so i just want you to know that your your brewery is is in my opinion it is world class and you're doing some really good things out there but um why don't you tell us a little bit about you know who you are and a little bit of your ties to San Diego and the beer scene. Well, first off, man, that's a that's a tough act to follow right there, man. That's all <laughs> lies, dude. I'll give you the twenty bucks later, man. So. <laughs> Thanks. It was twenty five, uh, but I yeah. was counting. Well, you know, shoot, man. I mean, I'm going to start by saying, you know, that I've been a super fan since the start. Um, 
Ballast Point's always been an, an important part of my craft beer journey. Um, my friend Keith Bonarigo, he met Colby Chandler back in the day. Colby uh, and him worked together at Roos Chris. And um, we, Keith was a kid from Boston who I moved out here from Colorado. I worked, did the ski resort thing, the October to April thing for a handful of years back in early, early, early 90s. Keith kind of came out here, lived with me in PB, and that's when he met Colby. And at the same time, I was in the screen printing business. I was printing T-shirts and skateboards for uh, Matt Hensley's brand, H Street Skateboards. Where are that? Uh, yeah, man. And, and I got to try, you know, maybe maybe it's good, bad, or different. I tried all the original beers that Colby was fiddling around with. He, Keith would bring back the bombers, you know, the homebrew bombers. And, uh, shit, I got bit early, man. And the same time – our warehouse was wall to wall to where Carl Strauss's uh, external production facility was out on Kurt street. So I didn't know shit all about craft beer, man. I didn't know people fermenters and all this. And this new beer came in a can. It said Schaefer on it or old Milwaukee or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it was crazy. We would, every morning we'd come in, there'd be water seeping through the floor. And we thought someone left the pressure washer on or whatever. Cause we're washing screens and all that. And, Finally, we went over to, like, raise hell with the neighbors. They rolled up the door, and as soon as we walked in, they handed us a big clear jug, which, you know, olive oil jug, which back then were the growlers that they used to use, and say, hey, man, this is craft beer, red trolley. I was like, what is this? So between Colby's first batches of beer and and Carl Strauss, red trolley, kind of gave me my first bite. And uh, it was 1990 was my first splash of craft beer. Yeah. I'm old, man. Um it was a good start. So obviously the journey jumping forward there, you know, went from to that to Racer Five. Me and Richie used to drink a lot of Racer Five at uh, Republic. Yeah, Racer Five was the jam at Sculpin, obviously, old Sculpey. And uh shoot, man, I mean it's just been kind of like, you know, I learned a lot about craft beer really quickly sitting at Hoffers, which is where Richard worked at, you know, being a temporary resident at La Mesa. And uh, I just kind of felt that I Naturally saw the progression of craft beer through uh, a, um, a brew pub or, or a tasting room or whatever you want to call it, a tap room. Is that That's Hoffers? Um, that's what that yeah, was? Hoffers and La Mesa. Um, we would still, you know, the going to the warehouse brewery still wasn't something I was super into. I didn't really know about it. I had a young daughter at the time. Um, Richard knows my daughter, Roxy. She's 23 now, but she was really little. And, uh, you know, then I started to venture. You know, I would go – to different craft breweries and, you know, they had cornhole and picnic tables. And that was what you did as a, a late nineties, early two thousands family. You know, you'd eat pizza out of a food truck and yeah. crush beers. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I fell in love with the beer. And obviously how I met Richard kind of like piece all that together. Um, quick story about Mexico. Um, I started coming down to Baja early, early, early as a kid in the early seventies with my dad and my family. Um, my mom's from Mexico city and my dad's from Ireland, Dublin, Ireland. Oh, you're so, a okay. drinker by genetics. Carlos Murphy, man, unfortunately. Um, but you know, Baja became a big part of my life and I made it a career by selling screen printing inks down here for the textile business, which is kind of how I know Paul Elder. Paul was actually a customer of mine. Back in the day, I used to deliver inks to him when I worked at a company that he used to buy products from before I was even a salesperson. That is so uh, nuts. That is so nuts. Yeah. To, to anybody listening that doesn't know that name, uh, Paul Elder is Ballast Point's official artist. He's the one that does all of that magnificent uh, label work and artwork for a company. That's cool that you knew him back in the day. Dude, I used to see because he, he was kind of the wizard of the four-color process, kind of that watercolor look from Cat Street Bar and Grill and a lot of the sport boats of Point Loma. And then when, obviously, when the brand kicked off, you know, you start seeing the Yellowtail Pale Ale, uh, the, the uh, gosh, it was another one. I can't remember the name. The Amber that we talked about was the Calico. Calico Amber. Yeah. California, and, California Amber now. Yeah, there you go. And so Calico. those were, yeah. Yeah. So, so show, was, show everybody the label, Rich. Yeah. Show everybody that, that label, please. Look at that. Let's check this out. This is my go-to beer, by the way. I don't want to derail you, but this is – you and me, man. Re, re, look at that. Uh, turn, turn. Yeah. Boy, it's an OG it shirt right there. That is a good one. But uh, yeah, that was kind of – sorry, Jeff. Go ahead. No, no. that's It's all you, baby. No, I was just saying how screen printing and beer kind of tie together. 
And, uh, you know, I started a warehouse down here in Ensenada in 2006. I started importing screen printing supplies to the textile industry down here. And as the warehouses that are now breweries in San Diego were big textile print shops, like where uh, St. Archer's at and all these places in Oceanside and Palomar and Port Road were all screen print shops. And uh, I saw the business moving to Mexico, so I chose to open my warehouse down south. And uh, obviously, I'm still living in La Mesa. I was uh, previously married to another another kind person who, you know, gave me a nice daughter. But you know, like life goes all different directions. Right. But um, enough with that. Um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't want to don't need to elaborate on that one. Um, but you know, beer and. Mexico and screen printing kind of all turned into this, like, I don't know, like this perfect storm because Walmart and Target basically started destroying my industry. And uh, I was extending credit to guys that were printing for Walmart, Target, Mervin, Sears, all these big guys. Yeah, we're going to pay you. We need another drum of ink. We need another drum. And I would always go back to San Diego because I lived in La Mesa. And I basically, I hate to say it, I don't want to sound like an alcoholic, but I'd go and like, drown my sorrows at Hoffers when I'd come home and I was kind of yeah. over, I was over the States, man. I was kind of over it. I was riding my dirt bike down here and surfing. And like, I basically, honestly, I went home to like do my laundry, go ride my dirt bike, hang out with Richard and Steve and a couple of our friends, turn around and go back to Mexico, man. That was, that was pretty much what I did. You know what I mean? It yeah. was, sorry. Yeah. Blair, it's, escape, escape from reality kind of deal. Right. Like you, uh, you went down yeah. to Mexico, you know, why not? You know, if you're if you're falling on hard times, let's go to Mexico. It's so it's gorgeous. Well, yeah, and then I already had establishment here. I had an apartment down here, and I had friends down here. But but I would find I would find refuge at Hoffers and obviously other breweries in San Diego. And I just really, really started. This is like now 2014, 13, 15, around those those years. And then obviously when I met Richard, that was like early 15, I believe. Um. I was seeing the Baja craft beer scene kind of jumping off, but I just going home from drinking like really good beers, like a Sculpin or a Knee Deep or, you know, Russian River or whatever beer I could, that could get on tap at Hoffers to like some of the craft beer that was going on down here. It, I'm not going to say it was bad. It just wasn't there yet. And it was really hard for me to, to choke down an oxidized bomb or like get through <laughs> you know, unfiltered, hazy, you know, not a hazy, but like yeast in it. It was like, you could see the industry going there. It was really cool. And I was appreciative of what the guys were doing down here. Um, but then all of a sudden it clicked, man. You know, the boys at Insurgente stepped their A game up. They started producing killer beer. And then uh, Eugenio Wedland started producing amazing uh-huh. beer. Mm-hmm. Ta- yeah, tap rooms opened down here. And they were already open in 12 and 13. But it was just like one or two days a week, a couple hours, or when I was going to San Diego. So I would bring beer down from San Diego to share with my my friends down here. My sales rep, Ponch, who now works for Transfinanceler. And I got him hooked on craft beer. But brings to Transfinanceler was there was no brew pubs. There was no vibe of like dog-friendly, family-friendly, mm-hmm. you know, tank-side dining, burgers, uh, touch the tanks, but don't mess with the sample valves. You know what I mean? Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. that, that feel of like the ballast or the, you know, pizza port or the Carl Strauss that I knew, you know, crushing fish and chips and having a beer. It needed, the city needed it. Ensenada needed it and Baja needed it. So that's the birth of Transpendensular. So that, that's how the story of textile guy traveling into the industry of beer. I'm not a brewer. You know, I, I get shit on down here because I'm the green ever brewed, you know, and home brewed, the polar maker, whatever you want to call it, bro. Uh, there is well, a business side. Yeah, there's a business side too, you know? Oh, so. definitely. So, so much goes in uh, into beer and so much more goes into sustainability, like sustaining that. And you have to be savvy, especially down in Baja, which we can talk about a little bit, like, you know, the, the ebb and flow that you have down there, the, the pros and the cons. But um, what brought you into our life was Richard. So, Rich, I was I was spearheading a Hispanic uh, portfolio for Ballast Point. Um, and- Oh, <laughs> Dude, sorry. Yeah, no. 
never be sorry for interrupting with beer. Um, no. And so I was I was spearheading a Hispanic portfolio um, for Ballast Point, and uh, I was making it a mission to to go cross down uh, across the border and do a little bit more collaborative uh, work with our friends down south. You know, you guys, the Baja scene that was blowing up TJ and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Rich was there one day and I'm having lunch and I'm trying to figure out, you know, what kind of collaborations uh, would be interesting. Who do I know who, who's willing to? Because we were still, you know, really you know, we were under the Constellation tarp. And so there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of things around that. But um, Richard brought you up instantaneously. As soon as he found out what I was up to, he came up to me and he goes, Hey, look, I got this buddy. Um, Richard, why don't you tell, why don't you, uh, tell us about when you brought up Colin and what drove you to his brewery in your mind? Yeah. Like, like you said, we are, we're at little Italy, my little, I call it the cubicle of Bow's point. Um, <laughs> it's a great place. Love it down there. It's kind of like my second home. Um, yeah, so we were talking, and you're like, hey, really want to get a collaboration going down with Mexico Brewery. I was like, I got the perfect guy. He's just like us. He he loves the culture just like us, and he loves the, like we're doing now, drinking beer and telling a story. And I was like, There's, it's a no-brainer, perfect yeah. fit. So I gave him the your info and match made in heaven. Is kind of it was easy. Kind of did it. The work did itself. Yeah, and and as soon as I found out, I mean, look, there's certain people that you meet that you go like, all right, if this dude vouches for this uh, for this person, then then I'm all in, right? And so you swung by Little Italy, and like I said, man, you came in with the energy that I was just like, I think we clicked right away. You came in with oh. your with your with your lovely wife, and we were just kind of like, this is this is amazing. Like, who? Why haven't I met you before? And yeah, dude, it was crazy. And once you and once you started telling me about your your philosophy, that's when I really started to really fall in love with what you were doing down there because you were very family centric. You were trying to build a family establishment, um, and you were doing it right. And so, a little bit afterwards, um, you we actually ended up having that uh, collaboration go down where. I got a bus full of BPers, Richard included, and we went down to uh, to to collaborate with your brewery. And I don't know about you, Rich, but that was one of the funnest adventures that I've ever had in the industry. Yeah, it, that that's one for the the record books for sure. Um, I was fun to have you guys all there, Richard. All you guys rolled in, and like you know, it's cool to go back on like when Richard introduced me to you, Jeff. Immediately, like you said, we connected and bonded. And like I said, Richard. I, I know how genuine of a person he is. So he said, Hey, this dude's going to, you're going to click with him immediately. And it was like, you and me are old bros. You know what I mean? Like punk rock, skateboarding, Baja crossovers. You know what I mean? Fronterizos. You're a Fronterizo. I'm a Fronterizo family on both sides of the border. Um, working for a great company. Um, and for me, man, I'll be straight up. I never turn my back on BP just because of the Grupo Modelo Constellation deal. To me, Ballast Point still is Ballast Point. I know it was tough for you two gentlemen, but you know how people, the haters always hate. I still crushed the beer, man. The beer was still good in the home brew mart and still going to have the tasting room. And yeah, I just got some more money thrown at it, but it was still, to me, it still had the same vibe and the core people were still there. You know what I mean? That I felt that I needed to be able to see at the, at the counter over at home brew mart and then meeting you, dude, and the story of you climbing up the ladder from freaking a nurse to your dad telling you you're crazy doing this to now being in charge of what you're doing now at Ballast Point. It's rad, Jeff. I mean, it's a neat success story. You wanted something, you reached out for it. You know what I mean? And same with you, Richard. Like I remember like when you, when you left Kellogg and it was like kind of like that layoff meets new career shift. That's a really challenging deal when you have a young child in a home and you're building a family and, and you step up, man, you grab fifth gear and you handle it. You know what I mean? And, and, that's what we're doing here. It's like men and women in this industry that that take those challenges, the ones that really put their work in are the ones that will receive genuine benefits. And uh, it's hard. You know, you ruffle some feathers. You, you, I don't say you lose friends, but you, 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 you turn some heads around a little bit sometimes. But at the end, look where we're at now. I mean, unfortunately, we're on a computer screen, but we're still hanging out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this collaboration, Independiente, um, to tie into what you were doing, Jeff, with the 
with Joaquin at Fortuna and a couple of the other projects you were doing there in Little Italy, uh, I was honored to have the opportunity just to at least converse on the brew and then to actually have it go down in my facility um, with my family and my brew team and to, to make such a, a fun, unique beer. You know, a lot of collaborations sometimes are, are interesting, as they say. It was it was unique and it was crushable. It was a big beer. And um, the fact you guys came down for the anniversary party. That was amazing. After, yeah, and the day of the announcement that you guys are a change of guard with Kings and Convicts, you know what I mean? To, to like make all that tie in together organically. It was just, it was beautiful. I couldn't have made any more sense. You know what I mean? It did change the feel. It did, bro. And then the Independiente name just naturally fell in line. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very special collab and one for the books, man. Like, like I said, there's, we've done a handful of collabs with us brewers, but I hands down that one, that one tops it, man, just because of the energy. Sweetheart. No, Love I'm serious. You. No, it was great because of the way everyone came down and hung out and, and dug the vibe and, and got involved and stuck their head in the kettle and we had fun taking photos yeah. and we rolled deep. Rich, that was yeah. a, that we we got a lot of heads together and a lot of people that didn't know about uh your brewery came back with such a love uh for one, your product, which is I mean, it's you you guys are making phenomenal beer, dude. There's Thank no you. doubt about it. You guys are making phenomenal beer. You guys have a wall of metals to prove it. But you know, when you bring when you bring a busload of of BP guys and um, to to oh, Ensenada to to kind of um, to have fun and party at your spot, it's 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 a it's a beautiful extension of of of, of courtesy, right? Like you 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 made us feel at home. I know I know Richard knew, knew you from um, from back in the day, so he. He was just like, dude, this is gonna be fun. I'm like, I know it's gonna be fun, but and then he's like, dude, just trust me. Colin knows how to uh, how to treat um, his guests, and you showed us the hospitality. And damn, do you guys know how to throw a party? How many people were there, dude? That was a ripper, man. That we ended up clocking 380 people. You know, with the little the east counter ticker, we counted them out. What a fun time! You know, what a good time. Everyone had a good time. There was no problems. We had. Uh, my old surf band came down from Ocean Beach. We used to be called the Rockfish. Now they're called the Hang Zeros uh, for the anniversary party. And then Los Muertos from Chula Vista bang, banging out the, the Psychobilly tunes. You know, and then Chris White was there. and the crew. Yeah, we brought along Chris White. We brought along uh, Steven Anderson. We brought a bunch of cool people, man. Yeah, but you know what was really neat? I want to step back to the collab day was the people you rolled down with in the bus – I think some of them have always wanted to come to Baja or maybe they were skeptical of what's going on down in Baja or, you know, not horror stories, but, oh, yeah, it's cool. It's a scene. It's fattiestic, but, you know, the beer needs work and whatever. And that's true. We all we all could be better at our products. But the fact that you brought people down that are in a very respectful company such as BP um, and and everyone appreciated what Baja has to offer. And to me, that's that's the sounding board I was looking for was people realizing that doing a brewery in Mexico is just as exciting and just as challenging in different aspects than it is in the States. And for me, having that crew there to see that and see the, the results of hard work and benefits from friends like you guys and other breweries in San Diego that give us advice and yeast and hop help and all that, it's really tough. You know what I mean? Down here, um, we don't get credit from any of the big grain suppliers. We, we don't, um, it's really hard to get hop contracts. We got to bring it all through the States. Um, you know, we work with YCH and Haas and all that, but we don't have the commitment levels that, that you guys have. And, and I have to give a shout out to like you guys and Coronado and Thorne and a couple other guys that share hops with us because if we didn't have that access, man, we would be SOL, bro. We get dry, dusty old shake, and it's just – it's tough. You know what I mean? Um, but what it's also done is 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 helped us be creative and working with, you know, the other brewers, both in Mexico and, and the States, like sharing hop purchases or grain purchases and, and tie that together because me being the foreigner in the industry, it was – Everyone just thought I was coming in digging gold because I saw crap beer blowing up. But then one realized 
okay, this dude's been down here longer than I've been alive. You know what I mean? Okay, he shifted careers, but he's doing something great by promoting Baja Craft Beer. You know, when guys like you come down or Paul Segura or Scotty Holst and guys like that that are visiting the other breweries when they're down here, that's good for the other craft breweries in Ensenada and Tijuana. And it took a little while for them to get over that little envious hump because I'm just as broke as the next guy. But, you know, hey. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, those are the things. And and just to kind of touch on it, you know, some of the big box suppliers still don't get it. And um, we can never get Wireman malt down here. And now thanks to some guys out of Chihuahua uh, that had some deep pockets that have decided to put their hat in the ring. We now have a reputable supplier of Wireman, uh, you know, fermented seeds and all the good grains landed in Mexico without us having to fiddle around with the border, man. And even though I know how to cross stuff, it's a pain in the ass, man, with cigar bud and crossing things. And- I bet. I can't tell you, I haven't placed an order with Country Malt Group in almost a year and a half. I don't need to. Or BSG. There's no, there's no reason. Guys are here with the product in hand, man, fresh inventory, right, in TJ. And so is really that the makes, biggest hurdle? That is the, the biggest, biggest hurdle, hurdle is getting your stuff? Getting materials. And, yes, and we don't chase credit, and we still don't elect to take credit, but, like, availability of product. So placing an order for like, say, 10 pallets of grains, that's a three-week process for us um, if we're going to buy from the States. So um, if we now, I can order like you guys do. Hey, I need like 10 bags of specialty malt. I can go get it like you guys do running up to Oceanside or San Marcos. We don't have that option. They hear Mexico and they go, up oh, $10,000 minimum, uh, process it in Milwaukee in three weeks. It's like, all right, you just – Sorry to say, they kind of lost the boat, man. They missed the window. And the Mexican suppliers are giving us the, the gear fresh with an invoice with a factura, which is a Mexican invoice with mm-hmm. the Mexican taxes so we can get deduction. We don't have to cross anything. And it's like, hey, I need this. And a truck shows up from Tijuana the next day, man. Flay That's beautiful. Free- yeah. You know, Wireman Malt. We've always wanted to use Wireman, but we've never been able to get it. And now, now we can. And... Uh, and I got to give thanks to some of the bigger breweries like the Fortunas and the Colimas and those guys that helped push yeah. those great suppliers to give us availability of ingredients because those guys are 30, 60 barrel brew houses that are chewing through pallets. And now we're getting yeah. the benefit. Yeah. So, shout out to Joaquin uh, out in Guadalajara over there in, at Fortuna, a mutual friend of ours. The guy's a stud making a stellar beer. Um, is that. Now that you've gotten over the hurdle of what you what you uh, think is the, the 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 trickiest part of having a brewery in Baja, what do you think the state of craft beer in Baja is? Um, it's on the rise, obviously, and kind of pandemic aside, because I know it's hurting everybody. Um, what 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 do you think is the next thing? Where where's Transpeninsular going? If in your estimation. Okay, well, I appreciate that, man. Um, thanks for the question. Well, I think, number one, I think we finally, all of us as, as brewers down here, brewing companies, have established um, kind of like this quasi-San Diego meets the Baja Mexico style. You know what I mean? And, you know, we've got the hazy guys. We've got the sour guys. You know, the guys from Tijuana, Ludica, and Madueño, everyone kind of following trend. Uh, and then you have guys like myself and a few other guys like Fortuna busting out Vienna style lagers, Kolsch, you know, doing some real neat stylistic beers from Austria and Germany that, that the Mexican nationals freaking crushed, dude. I bet. I think the answer to the question is, is we have now established kind of like this, I don't want to say Baja Med of beer, but like Mex Med. We have our own kind of like stateside meets Mexico middle ground. And it's become a, it's becoming an appealing chase for foreigners, you know, folks from the states and and people from Europe to see what we're up to. You know, I got guys visiting me from Germany now, man, that are working in the Mexicali plant that work for some gigantic company installing that huge brewery over there. Yeah. Just wanting to know what are doing. What are you guys doing? Why why is there so hype? But um, for Transpeninsular. Um, we're excited. We, uh, I made a purchase that was instead of buying my wife a house, I bought a brew house. Which, 
Yeah, Castigado. You know what that means? Castigado is punishment, and Jeff knows all about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The doghouse has a has a kegerator, though. It's a yes. It, that's good. That's good. And in the states, I'm sure you get it too, Richie. You know, we 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 anger our wives not because we're doing things wrong and like bad things, but like in their eyes, it's the world's end. And then all of a sudden, you smell tortillas, and bacon, and everything's good again, man. So. <laughs> So we just bought a 15-barrel, three-vessel brew house. Woo-wee! So, yeah. Yeah, dude. And pandemic aside, I, I don't want to say thanks to the pandemic, but kind of thanks to this timing, we've been able to properly, efficiently do the install over the last two months. And um, I've, I've pulled every red cent out of my savings to do it right. Stainless steel pipes, water lines, a beautiful boiler, uh, a, a show shop within the production facility, that's going to give us a yield us more beer, um, which is to answer your question too. What's going on with the Baja scene? Um, the Cali Maxes, the Sorianas, uh, the VIP markets, Seven Elevens are going. Hey man, there's there's yeah. people looking for something other than a Takati or a Pacifico. Right. So these are big our, chains, big markets, yeah. big supermarkets. Yeah, these are the chains. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the chains. So yeah, the um, Cali Max would be like Vaughn's. You know, and Soriano would be like, um, a, well, a federal store. They're in every country, they're in every state in the country. But um, what's happening, guys, is is the off-premise opportunity has now come to fruition. But you have to be careful if you want to be a brewery that's just going to chase that. You know what happened to a lot of San Diego brewers that are just chasing distro. So um, if you play in that arena where you do some brew pub action, a little bit of distro, then you're okay. But if you're going to open a big brewery just to pump beers to uh, Mexican bonds, you know, you might as well walk away. So that's what's happening right now is the guys like myself, uh, Wedland obviously is a staple, Baja Brewing Company, um, Border Psycho from Tijuana, Insurgente, um, all the boys, Mexicali, Fauna, Urbana, mm-hmm. we're all kind of getting into shelf space now. And they finally have worked out cold chain storage. So our beer is not dying in a warehouse out in Otay for three weeks. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, but the margins are razor tight. But, you know, what we've done, and it's hard to explain to a Mexican wife, it's marketing dollars. We've applied the beer sales to the off-premise as marketing dollars to drive more people to the tap rooms and TJ and Ensenada and to our group hub. Because then they go, I found a sixer of Caratera Tres IPA or, you know, whatever other style we have there. What else do you have? So it's brought more people to the, to the tasting room as considering awesome. Instead of, you know, instead of doing an ad in a magazine where you, you can't really calibrate the metrics, the, the beer is getting paid for at a low margin, yeah. but it's bringing people to the counter, which is what we're trying to do is more group pub action. Dude. So that's well, and that's the future, right? That is the, that's the, that's the future. Um, look, you guys have a beautiful, State-of-the-art facility, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, you guys have a beautiful deck that uh, that looks onto what is that? What is that uh, little section of the of the ocean? That's um. Well, that's Quintas Papagayo. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the area where I'm property with the Husong family, and then you're looking out to the the Bahia de Ensenada, which is where Hotel Marina Corral's at. And um, thankfully, there's not going to ever be any high rises put in front of my building. Um, <laughs> kind of like that marina feel like shelter yeah. island and uh dude you can you know, smell the just the freshness you know it's beautiful yeah it's kind of neat you know and there's been some new articles in like uh mexico conocido and all these like mexican travel magazines and they're calling us the official binational brewery of mexico so oh, that's, that's right. kind of cool that's right Ringo, the binational brewery you know what i mean but um, yeah, it's so. that's awesome, dude. And you guys are so close to um, such a, a a beautiful kind of prospering section of Ensenada. You guys are a hop, skip, and a jump. You look out of your deck, and you can drink a beer. You can smell the ocean air. There's a play place for kids. I mean, it's so family oriented. And you guys have a fucking amazing kitchen. You guys have amazing kitchen. I mean, you guys should be going into your spot for a pint and some aguachila as far as I'm concerned. You guys have some fresh uh, seafood. And you guys have a really good uh, chef behind that grill. Um, and so, dude, just look, we're, we're about to bring Chewy on because that got me hungry. And we're going we're gonna to bring Chewy on to talk a little bit about some food. And um, we'll, we'll see what we can pair it with. But before that, I just wanted to let you know, dude, that 
you guys have something very special going on over there, dude. And it's it's primo. And as soon as this thing blows over and we can cross the border again comfortably, I know where I know where we're all going. So I can't wait. wait. Yeah, I can't wait either, man. Get your passport. Okay. Renew your passport. Sorry, <laughs> Family ready to come down, like you guys said, man. We 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 embrace families, and we have a joke. It doesn't sound as good in Spanish, but in English, it's we're kid friendly, pet friendly, and mother in law friendly. Sometimes on Monday, <laughs> <laughs> you guys. That's so. That's so perfect. <laughs> there you but, go. Gotta no, translate I'm, everything. Yeah, man, it's, yeah. it's you're doing some beautiful stuff right now. So um, I know you're sipping on some of your 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 beer that you make in house over there. So we're gonna bring on our sous chef Chuy Hernandez to share a recipe with us, and maybe we can see as well with your beer. What's up, Chuy? What's up, Cole? What's up, Chuy? ¿Cómo estamos? Oh, bien, estamos aquí con los chavos. Yeah, I know, I know. I can see, I can see, now. <laughs> Chewy, good to see you, man. Thanks for hopping man. on, brother. Absolutely, man. Look, I'm wearing a special shirt because I know Colin loves the racing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. let, let's see it. Let's see it. Move, yeah, move the apron. Oh, like look, Fox, Fox Racing, man. Yeah. Fox Racing shot. Yeah. Hang on, I got something for you too. One second. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna bust out a tank top. No, let's see what he's got. Hey, hold it up. Hold it up. Let's see. What is oh, that? Is it Chewy's business card? That's Chewy's business card. How did he get that? You gave it to him. You were drunk, really? but you gave it to him. You gave it to everybody at the bar. I, was yeah, I, think, I don't think your email is going to work anymore. It's for the other guys, bro. Sorry, right. man. Oh, it's a souvenir now. Hold on to that. Have him sign wow. it soon. All right, yeah, then frame it. It's going to be worth money soon, bro. You can oh, have it yeah. yeah, It's already worth something. <laughs> Chewy. My brother, we were talking. We were talking to Colin about his amazing brewery. I know uh, Richard, yourself, me, and a bunch of other guys went uh, down to visit his brewery, and we ate very well, courtesy Absolutely. of Cerveceria Transpeninsular. But uh, let's hear about the recipe that you got for us today. I'm sure it hits close to home. Yeah. Well, you know, we have ceviche, but Colin knows better about ceviches. You know, he has the best seafood product available in Ensenada. But right this time we're going to do a, a vegan ceviche. What? So, uh, what? Yeah. Vegan Stop. ceviche, gluten-free. And uh, uh, it's amazing. It's super fresh. So it's uh, perfect perfect for the weather. It's coming, you know. It's, we're hitting the 80s, the 90s soon. So it's going to be amazing. So uh, it's just uh, a ceviche, a vegan ceviche. We're going to use uh, jicama, mango, uh Mushrooms. The mushrooms we're gonna add to to add the texture of the uh, of the uh, of the yes. fish or all the shrimp, you know, and also they absorb the flavor really good. So you know the lime flavor, the cilantro, a little bit of chili on it. So amazing. That's interesting. Not not everybody thinks about uh, a vegetarian or even vegetable based ceviche. Now the fact that you added mushroom to kind of mimic the consistency of a fish Correct. is pretty smart. Yes, yes, yeah. You gotta you gotta keep the flavors together. So you add the mushrooms. Uh, uh in this case we're gonna use white mushrooms. White mushrooms work perfectly. They're flavorless. So they absorb all the flavors from uh, the, the rest of the veggies that we're gonna add in the recipe. So uh it's gonna come out perfectly perfect for like dietary restrictions so uh it's gluten free like i told you so amazing that sounds great what what kind of flavors are we looking at do, do the flavors uh differ at all from your traditional ceviche what what, what kind of flavors are we are we going to get well on this and this kind of ceviche we uh we, we call it the tropical ceviche we're gonna add the mango uh right now season we got mango fresh really nice on the market so any store you go and get uh, beautiful mangoes, uh, jicama. Not a lot of people is familiar with the jicama, but it's really fresh. It's really uh, rich on water. So that's going to add the texture as well into the ceviche. Uh, and uh, the since we're going to do a gluten-free ceviche, uh, we're going to put it on top of the, instead of tostadas, we're going to do some like uh, cucumber rounds. So we're going to make some uh, nice, beautiful uh, ceviche on top of cucumber rounds. So it's super fresh. Super and also the beer, you know, the, the beer we're gonna pair with it's a long thing, it's a lager, super light, amazing. 
Yeah, that's a great beer to pair. Um, Colin, Richard, you guys know all about Longfin. It's one of our OG beers. Yeah. Um, you can pick it up at our to-go stations. We're filling crawlers of the stuff. Boom, yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> hey, Chewy, this is just a great beer. It it, it, it works so well with the Hellas-style lager um, because the Hellas has a little bit more of a malt forefront than, say, something like a Pilsner where, where a bitterness kind of like whip cracks you in the back but the 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 hellas lager the longfin specifically style um has more of a malt breadiness to it and not so much of the bitterness that probably plays really well with uh with this dish yeah no doubt about it yeah it's uh it's gonna come out perfectly uh like the cucumber the mango so it's pairing perfectly with the beer i think like the flavors from the german lager style beer that we're gonna we recommend to use it's uh um it's gonna occur perfectly what about you rich what are you you're sipping on something that i think might work too let me crack it open a little granion that's 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 funny like what do you think about granion richard and 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 thinking about drinking it alongside the ceviche this fishless ceviche um i mean you get a little bit of the tropicalness out of the grunion. Um, so that might, it'll probably play well with the mangoes and um, the cucumber. Um, it has a little bit of bite to it. So it might kind of overpower the mushrooms. But since the mushrooms are uh, absorbing all those flavors, grunion might actually work as well. Yeah. 100%. 100 yeah. I think I think that you're getting all ends of the spectrum as far as uh, crisp um bitey beer like you you can go super light like a long fin or or kolsch and then you can go to the other uh extreme and find some bridges that you can build with let's say aloha sculpin or grunion and there's something you're you're the ceviche has a little bit of a complexity toward to it so that you can make connections on 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 all ends of it um colin what are you sipping on and can you think of any one of your beers that might go really well with this dish for sure. Well, first off, it sounds amazing with the jicama in there, bro. I'm a huge fan of jicama and ceviche, man. A lot of people don't realize that's a, a crunch factor and it actually gives some – actually a release of a little juice from the from the jicama absorbing it as well. Um, so that sounds just like my suegra ceviche minus the, the – <laughs> Everyone has a suegra ceviche. Yeah. Today, just so you know, I forgot to mention, man, um, today is my suegra's birthday and my wedding anniversary. So <laughs> – Oh, right. Right. Cheers, for that. Cheers for that. Hey, yeah. listen, I usually wait to the end to do this, but let's do a celebratory uh, cheers to Senor Colin, his lady, and some birthday yes. on the side. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah, and with that ceviche, man, you know, if you're not, if you're not a Bass Point, you take some of that beautiful ceviche home. We're crushing a, a Punta Baja light lager. It's uh, it's it's American lager, man. I mean, you know, American making American lager in Mexico instead of an American making Mexican lager in the states. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. It's so punk rock. Uh, I think it, it's right along lines with Longfin. I mean, Longfin's uh, just a go-to, man. I love the big the big nineteen two cans you guys do. This you guys still do those nineteen twos, right? The big cans. Uh, maybe soon. Maybe soon. Um, but yeah, it's been around. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Be in the not warehouse. Dude, we're, we're, yeah, it's, 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 we should come back with a vengeance. But you, your yeah. Punta Baja, your Punta Baja beer, you're being modest. Why don't you tell people about that beer? Well, I'm proud of it. I mean, it's, um, it's turned into kind of like the, the go to beer right now. And I didn't really give you a little caveat down here in Mexico. Um, Heineken and Grupo Modelo basically shut the valve off a month ago. And no bullshit, man. They are, have not produced beer since the early part of May. What? So, all, yeah, no, this is real. All the beer and all the abarotes, corner stores, Takati Sixes, Modelo Ramas, grocery stores, Secao. No beer. So this is actually a beautiful revolution for the Mexican craft beer industry because they're not allowing U.S. breweries to import beer to fill the hole. And it's given us a window. So Punta Baja has turned into like the new go-to for all the, and I say this with respect, like the Abaniles and the people that really don't have 
you know, the ability to go out and have a big meal, or whatever. We, we've taken the beer and we lowered it by 20% so people can still get their beer. And, you know, because it's a big thing for someone working 15 hours a day. They want to crush a cold beer. And that's turned into our kind of like our, our go-to. So the wow. Of box, yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. That's that's real, dude. It's real news. Um, yep. And you go to Carbonax and it's just a little bit of craft beer we all are selling down here. But, yeah, it's it's – they won't start distributing beer till maybe mid June. They'll start re- restocking the shelves. It's, it's serious. It's real, and um, the, the problem hasn't even really kicked in yet. People are just coming to reality that there's no beer at the stores. So um, yeah, side little caveat: good and bad. You know, bad for the people that don't have the ability to go and travel for beer. I feel bad for those people because I mean that's their that's their release after hard days of work, but. In our area, we have a, a lot of guys that are in the laboring business, and we've opened the doors to them, and Punta Baja has been our go-to. I mean, it's a easy drinker, 3.9%. Nice. So, yeah. Um, even though we didn't have the Ensenada Beer Fest this year, we still uh, conducted the award ceremony, and um, we got second place, first place loser in American Water. So, what's happened on right Yeah, now. boy. Right behind Colima, bro, which is, you know, they're they're the lords of lager down here. And uh, um, that was a big jump for us. So, yeah, I mean, I, I put it right there next to a long thing as far as quality. I think that, uh, we're doing it right. You know, we're, uh, we're letting it lager the old-fashioned way, letting it sit for a long time. And, you know, we're, we did purchase a lagering tank. So we're going to be the guys that are going to lean towards more lagers, Vienna style, you know, yeah. more American lagers, German lagers. So, but How exciting. I got to give a shout out to Chewy too, bro, because the other recipe I remember I sent you, Jeff, that uh, macaroni and cheese with the pork belly bacon, man. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah. crap. My wife and I made that here. I sent pictures to Jeff too. It was to gut belt, gut buster, dude, but it was so good with an IPA, man. It was right on the yeah. line. Made two dude, it was gorgeous. That was such a good recipe, dude. All your recipes are fire, man. I can't wait to try. Um, and, and it's it's awesome that you gave somebody the ability to enjoy all the, the beautiful things about ceviche without having to kind of break their dietary restrictions. And, you know, you've done a really good job of making sure that people don't feel really, you know, left out. And in, and in, and in, in the culinary world, just as just as the beer world, we're always trying to we're always trying to make something that can scratch the itch of somebody that might not be, let's say, uh, able to enjoy one of our other uh, styles. And let's say that they have some condition with too too much bitterness, or they just don't like too much sweetness and stuff. There's such a broad spectrum of beer, and you know you. This is another example of what we're doing at Ballast Point. I know that that's what you're doing down there at Transpeninsular, where you're like, hey, everybody that comes in can have something. Yeah. Like, and something delicious. If you don't like this, there's this. If you can't eat this, there's that. I mean, besides uh, maybe, you know, a, a severe allergy to grain or something like that. I mean, it, it's 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 broad spectrum. Um, your food is amazing over there uh, at at. Transpeninsular. Does, does, uh, does it upset you that we're making a vegetarian ceviche, sir? <laughs> you know what? I better get that recipe sooner or later, make a 20% tweak, and we're okay, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have to compete against the Valle Guadalupe, you know what I mean? Oh, you know, dude. It's hot. It's hot down there right now. Yeah, but, uh, you know, like you guys, man, just bringing good food to the table, you know, and people enjoying it. And staying and enjoying pints is the deal is eating food, enjoying pints, being with their family and their friends. And, and then again, like you guys kind of give me that model too. Like I told you, like you and Carl Strauss and the pizza port guys, you know, you guys have figured out how to blend family, friends, food and beer and keep people there. And then when you're done, grab a sixer and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? I, I, 100%. Thing, dude, like group pub vibe. You know what I mean? I think that's something that San Diego uh, some breweries don't get, and the, you guys being one of the leaders in that, understand it. And then great food with Chew Dog here, you know, driving it. Um, Chew Dog, that's it. Yeah. That's a new name. Yeah. I come to San Diego not as much as I. Well, let me rephrase that. I go to San Diego more than I want to. 
because I love it there, but I still have to go up there to buy parts, go to McMaster car. Colin, we're going to wrap this up. Dude, you're nothing but a pleasure to talk to. I love your philosophy. I love what you're about. And as soon as uh, these things kind of like, like I said, as soon as this is all over, believe us, we're going to go and pay you the same courtesy. Um, But before we do, why don't you tell everybody listening where they can follow uh, your company um, and, 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 what they can potentially expect in the future real quick. So everybody can keep up to date with what you're doing real quick. Uh, you know, obviously Instagram, Facebook, uh, Cerveceria Transpeninsular. It's kind of a tongue twister, but Cerveceria Transpeninsular. There you go. <laughs> Instagram, face, our website's being redone. Uh, you can find our beers very soon through Craft Brewers Guild. We're going to be distributing with Polaris uh, Exports. And uh, you'll find our beer at Hoffers and Downtown Cafe and places around San Diego, places where we have the ability to spot it without fighting handles or losing production control. Uh, Mexico, craft beer areas, tap rooms, um, tasting room. And, and six packs of beer. And I, real quick, sorry, Jeff, I know we got to cut, but... Um, We've pretty much started bringing Mobile West canning down, and so we've been canning our beer. We're, we're doing away with our bottled beer completely and doing – Oh, nice. So we, uh, we've shared that service with uh, a couple other breweries down here, so you can, we now have six packs to go. So, yeah, that's it, man. And, uh, Dude, I want, rad. Yeah, I want to do, Look. I want to do – sorry, Jeff. I want to do a food taker with, with Chewy, have him come down and cook in our kitchen sometime. Absolutely. Anytime. Road trip. I think I'll tag yeah. along. I think we'll tag along to that. What do you say, Rich? Let's go. Let's, let's, uh, let's keep flies on the wall. We'll be drunk at the yeah. bar. Hey, listen, Colin, um, thank you for, one, what you're doing and just your mad love to us and now our mad love to you and finding a way to make the most out of a shitty situation. That's what you're really doing. So I really appreciate that. You're an inspiration to a bunch of people. Chewy, I can't wait to try the ceviche, yes. man. I, it, it's it's awesome and it's for it's it's definitely for the person that love ceviche and for the person that might not have, have has never tried ceviche this is a good alternative and rich thanks for being on the show man and thank you for introducing me to this beautiful gentleman right here so one more time let's take a little swig thank yes. you guys can't wait till we can all be together again yeah so anyway. amen oh man that was really nice um it's always a pleasure talking to my good buddy colin um his brewery is doing something very magical for, for Baja and his philosophy on why he even got into the industry is just, it's, it's captivating and it's something that we should all strive to be. So thanks a lot for him coming on Richard price. Thank you so much for being on the show as my co-host and introducing me to that fine gentleman and Chewy go check out his recipe, cook it at home, take a picture, tag us. It's going to be delicious. I promise you. And thanks for listening, everybody and or watching. Follow us, like, out.